All right, what's up? Yeah, what's up? What's up with that question? <laughs> Broody said to me before we started recording, what did you say? What it do? What it do? What it what do, it baby do. boo? What's happening? What's popping? <laughs> and I was like, I don't love that because I don't really know how to answer that. And I mean, I guess like, yeah, I really don't. And then I shared with Rudy that I used to have like severe anxiety when people would say, what's up to me? What's up, Beck? Um, and I still kind of do because I just don't really in my head. I just get a little like panic mode where I'm like, what do I say to that? Like, not much or, um, you know, just whatever. They <laughs> say something dumb like that in response. Like, and it's like, what's the perfect thing to say? When someone comes into work or something and says, what's up? I can tell you. What? You say, what's up? But you have to say with that kind of like inclination, like, I'm not answering your question because I'm taking it as a greeting and I'm giving you the same greeting and now we're done. So let's role play it in both versions. So I will open by saying, what's up? Okay. Was okay, that so it? Or all right. And it was, see. but we're ready. Okay. okay. And I'll say, okay. Hey, what's up? What's up? Okay. Now so I go? Now, I guess, yeah. What's up? What's up? Perfect. Good? Okay, wow. <laughs> yeah. So I can what? handle it. I feel you are special. You are special. Are they all as special as me? Those two aren't crazy. She's cute. Curly black hair, always smiling. What about him? He's bald. He has a mustache and a beard. They're seriously so funny. They're kind of weird. What should I say to them? You're so special. What else? You are two lucky Jews. Sometimes it feels like it's also saying, how you doing? Yeah. And then I'm like, I have to answer that. Like, yeah. hey, what's up? Like, hey, what's up? Oh, I'm good. Like, <laughs> sometimes I do that. And I'm like, oh, no, that was bad. I guess it, de it depends on how you take it. And this is kind of this is kind of a branch off the small talk conversation. Um, yeah. Someone comes up to you and says, hey, how are you? You can either be you can be like good, 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 which is like not not really acknowledging the answer, just being like also greeting you politely. How mm -hmm. are you? Not bad. Not bad's a great one. Yeah. I, I like think that one. that's my go-to. Um a little more challenging are goodbyes. Like if I if Ernie's with a group of dogs in the park and I'm I decide we're done with this group, I usually don't say anything and leave. Or I'll say, see ya. Because I think it's mm -hmm. the least amount of letters I could do. It just feels <laughs> like me. All right. See ya. See ya. Yeah. All right. See ya. We're out. Yeah. I like the quietly leaving thing, too. I think I, I I do that sometimes. They call that the Irish goodbye. Mm -hmm. I love that. I mean, that, why is that racist? Why do they call it that? I don't know. I don't know the origin of that. Should I look it up? If you want to. Okay. It'd be bad if they called it Jewish goodbye. Like, that would be bad. I wouldn't like that. But I don't know if the Irish people. That's if like... you leave and then go into an oven. Are you serious? <laughs> oh, my like... God almighty. I'm not part of this. That's what we call a Jewish goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> Why would you say that? <laughs> oh, crap. I am. I actually big F forgot to light the menorah. But I'll do it after we do this. I have this like electric. I have this like electric menorah. And it's yeah. usually like a subtle amount of light. And on the last night, it's like, it looks fucking crazy over in the window. It looks That's like awesome. I'm I'm on the block. And I'm just like, I'm Jewish. 
Yeah, I love that. Because so, you are. Yeah. I'm, what is my nickname? Hanukkah boy. <laughs> I like it. I should get a yeah. shirt. My shirt is so much fun I got to celebrate Hanukkah today. I love that. Is that Adam Sandler-esque? He did write that lyric, yeah. Today at work, um, Pat, my boss, friend of the pod, was like, <laughs> he's just like the type of guy who asks his questions. So he randomly saw me in the hallway. He's like, hey, like, what's your favorite Hanukkah movie? And I was like, um, you know, I had to think about it for a second. And I was like, I mean, I've never seen Eight Crazy Nights, and that's the only one. He's like, yeah, that's what I was going to say. That's my favorite one. And I was like, you and every other non-Jewish person. <laughs> there like, aren't any other ones. And I was, yeah, I was like, there's no other one. He was like, yeah, I guess you're right. Um, but then I was like, oh, we just talked about Rugrats Hanukkah. And he was like, that one's really good, too. We could do a, re- um, a rewatch of Eight Crazy Nights. It's it's I don't know. Maybe next I mean, I'm year. Sure it's fine. Did you like it when you watch it? I like that movie. And I think they do a good job of I think the songs in it are actually really good. But like, I don't know. It's a little like stupid, like poop humor, like even stupid for me. There's like deer with like yeah. shit in their teeth. And they're like, ah, ha, ha, it licked his balls. Oh, yeah. That's great. I don't know if I told you this. So I I got I my see my therapist like once a month. And I think mm-hmm. in October I saw him on October 5th or 6th. So then um, Oct- October 7th happens and I'm like need help. Yeah. And then I think the next time I saw him was like November 10th or something. And the first 15 minutes was me just being like so I'm doing this and like you know work's usually tough but it's actually like kind of good because of this and like the work feels meaningful and i was just like i've seen this and this and then this is happening and i saw him kind of go like wow and it's the first time i ever like said to my therapist are you okay Mm -hmm. and um i don't know my my whole thing about therapy is if if you're a person who's into therapy and comedy and that i really recommend the blocks podcast neil brennan's podcast he has a special called Blocks, and he started a podcast where different comedians come on and they'll go through their blocks. And this is something I've done with my therapist where I write down the things about myself that are emotional blocks that I think are obstacles in getting me to be who I want to be, my best self, self-love, whatever the fuck you want to call it. And it's very interesting and productive. And I think people say... Like meditation is the gym for the mind. I think going to therapy is like going to the mechanic for the mind. Mm. You have to go there and like know what's wrong with you or at least be open to finding out. And I think from what I hear, a lot of people go and vent and leave. And I don't Mm -hmm. think your therapist is going to be like, hey, that's not how therapy works. Mm -hmm. Now, I will say there's no wrong way to do this. I've been doing therapy since I was four years old. Like I'm pretty seasoned. I know some people who are just starting might even be thinking of starting. Sure. Very fair. And it's not as easy for some people to open up to a complete stranger. I'm fucked up in that way, I guess. But I, what, what I think is concerning is like uh, the, the way we toss around these words now, like therapy and like, Oh, hashtag trauma or like anxiety. Like these are things that I feel like are, that we really flip from there's a stigma around mental health to it's accepted to now it's like being played with. That's how I mm. feel. Hmm. Well, that's like kind of like two different conversations. I feel like 
like how society talks about mental health and how society like how people go to the therapist are kind of two different things. But I guess you feel like they're connected. I don't know. Like I I I think it's like trendy to like to go to, ha- therapy? To, to go to therapy definitely. To I mean I feel that way. It's been trendy for a long time and as someone who just got into it last year, there I would say for the before I finally went ahead and did it, part of me was like, "Ooh, am I like am I like a bad person if I haven't if I have the means to go to therapy and I haven't gone to therapy because it seems like a lot of people are like trendy in the sense that like almost like who are you if you're not doing it like you should just like you like go to the dentist and you get like a doctor checkup like you should go to therapy and like kind of like what you say like figure your shit out um so like not only is it trendy I feel like there's like a certain amount of pressure and like almost like Dating apps and stuff, it's like green flag, go to therapy, like red flag, never been to therapy. Thank it's like you. that kind of language. It's very much so you don't like that, even though I hate that. Think even though you obviously see a value in therapy and think people should do it correctly and probably wish more people were looking for what's wrong with them. Yeah, I think maybe and maybe I'm wrong, but I think therapy should be extremely personal, extremely private and but also like comfortable enough for you to do like it's weird how i don't want to say it's weird how open people are about therapy because i actually think it's good that like yeah because it makes other people want to go i that's how i felt like i would hear certain people talk about it and i was like this person is cool like this i look up to this person like that makes me you know i want to do it but that's not like it's it's i'm kind of you know talking out of both sides of my mouth here because i'm saying your therapy should be personal and private, but do it this way, right? That's kind of stupid to say. Yeah. Um, but like you see people go to the gym and they're like, gains, hit a new PR today. Nobody's uh-huh. nobody's taking selfies with the therapist and being like, broke through on my dad's mental abuse today. Gains, <laughs> you know, like may- maybe we should, but your therapist would probably be pretty uncomfortable with that. Um, <laughs> yeah. The reason I don't like your it- dad. <laughs> No, he, my dad didn't have any mental abuse. Yeah, oh, but shit. if or maybe dad he did, did, he'd be like, yeah, like, <laughs> maybe don't air all that shit on Instagram. Had a boy. Right. <laughs> I compare it to the gym a lot um, and I don't go to the gym. So maybe that's not fair either. <laughs> um, the reason yeah. I don't like it on dating apps is because there's better ways to say what you want to say. Uh, mm-hmm. t- to me, saying you better be in therapy translates more as you better have someone professional to talk to and express your opinions and problems to it. Cause it ain't going to be me. Now, if you were to write green flag, emotional uh, availability, intelligent, we talked about how all that bullshit, um, willingness, bullshit. <laughs> willingness, to, willingness to express your opinions and feelings. Like I, I say one to 2% of my male friends can actually express their feelings. Yes. Or be, intelligent when someone else expresses them to them sympathy empathy yes all that it's almost like so to an extent too i feel like part of it must be like you're a guy so you you are straight male so you date girls who i feel like are a little bit more likely to be in therapy than men it's getting a more common definitely with the younger gen gen z Mm -hmm. but for like you know our age your age i think it's a little more rare for males to be in therapy so I wonder if women like talk about it more like pushy like like because it is like men need therapy more than women. I don't know. Women need it, too. But men like really need therapy because like you said, they can't talk about their feelings or emotions. You just said it. Yeah. I mean, that's that's a little unfair, but uh, 
I want to ask you to the degree you're comfortable talking about it. When you f- first started doing therapy, mm-hmm. what were you like, okay, now I'm going to talk about this. I did, or like, what were you prepared to do? What were you expecting? What was it that you didn't think it was? And what wasn't it that you thought it would be? Your turn. Um, it definitely felt a little awkward the first couple times, like not knowing what to even talk about or how to like talk about stuff. Like I kind of just like jumped right in, but like it did feel, you know, I think there were a few times where I was like, oh, like, what do I talk about this week? Like, I don't really know. And then like stuff would come up. I think I thought that she would, yeah, give me a little bit more guidance, like tell me what I should do or like tell me like, like tell me things. I thought she would tell me things more, but she really asks a lot of questions very pointed questions and um that's unexpected and like um so many questions like 50 60 percent is like I'll talk about something and she'll be like okay like what were you feeling in that moment like a lot of that which is funny it's like the stereotype like a comic book but um and I thought it was dumb at first and I didn't really it was hard to answer and I'd be like I don't really in the back of my mind I'd be like I feel like this isn't really helping but then I had like a moment where I like got really upset and I usually like distract myself right away. And instead I like thought of her and I was like, Oh, I'm going to like think about what I'm feeling and like, what am I like literally feeling? And I just kind of like sat and thought about it and it like helped. And then I was like, okay, bitch. So that's been my experience. That's actually a big reason. I think it's like the gym. Cause I've had therapy sessions where I've been like, that was like nothing. That was like a waste of money. Yeah. Yeah. You're like, that was dumb. Like I could have done or yeah. talked about something else or done something else. But then yeah. there there will be things like later on down the road where I'm like, oh, well, if I didn't talk about this in that session, like maybe he wouldn't have been able to like put two and two together or like had the full. Like it's all it's mm-hmm. a build up to. I don't know. I don't know what my goal in therapy is. Yeah, what's th- the build up? <laughs> I think everyone's goal is to like not have to go to therapy or just like a couple times a year just to like check in or with emergencies. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I feel like I, I know a lot of people who say they're in therapy and I witness behavior that I feel like if you were in therapy and you had developed the self-awareness that somebody in therapy really should have, that that might be like the number one thing you should be going for. Um, You wouldn't like be the way that you are or like talk shit on people or like have just such like, willful willful ignorance about your actions your words and just like how making those changes would make you happier and lessen the need to like spew hatred or insecurity or or anything like that i feel like people i mean it's because at the like i don't know it's always you who's telling your therapist what you think happened so you know those Toxic people, they're giving, like, their side of the story. So it's, like, how can you, you know, if you're that far gone, how how can you ever really get out of it? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I, I The blocks thing was so helpful for me, and I add to it. And it's really just, like, I, I think I'm too far on the other side where I'm, like, a little too hard on myself. And it, like, I really live in a cloak of shame, like, quite a bit more than I should. It's partly self-awareness to a flaw it's partly like um just like self-criticism that i mean i think we've talked about like i need to be kinder to myself but i don't know Mm -hmm. i don't know i i I see like a lot of lack of self-awareness and i don't know i don't know what these people are doing in therapy i don't know what these people and 
another reason it's hard, there might be shit that they're dealing with that I have no idea about. And that's what they're dealing with in therapy. A hundred percent that true. A hundred percent. Yeah. They could be not even talking about whatever their emotional issues are. They're talking about, you know, actual like life problems or, you know, or, or also like there has to be a, a lot of shitty therapists, right? Like, Oh Yeah. You know, so like imagine a shit person giving advice to a shit person. Like, how's that going to turn out good? Like, yeah. So I've had I've had shit therapists that I've stayed with for like a year. What made them shit? Like, just you didn't I just like didn't. I mean, I didn't feel like results. Oh, I just like I, I would I would myself feel like I kind of got something huge off my shoulders and like the reaction and. When that stuff happens, it's supposed to be like, okay, like we've acknowledged this. We can now talk about this and stand at this point where, you know, this is here. How do we fix it? It's out in the open. And that wasn't my experience with certain therapists. I I had a therapist that I did EMDR with. I've thought about that. And I like talk to my, I don't know. Isn't that the thing where you like look at a. Oh, so I'll, I'll, I'll mansplain, I'll mansplain it to you. Um, so after Reggie died, I had, I was going to a therapist for like a week or like a couple weeks. And then for those who don't know my backstory before I got Ernie, I had another Basenji named Reggie. I had him for about a calendar month and he died when he was four months old and it changed, changed my life, uh, very much. Uh, and then about the next June, I got Ernie. Um, but when Reggie died, I had been going to a therapist and I had like my first session with this therapist was like the week before I got Reggie. I had a session when I had Reggie and then the next session, my therapist goes, how are you doing? Like, how's Reggie? And I was like, I need you. Um, so like this guy helped me through it a lot and then he stopped practicing hmm. and then I had to find another therapist. Uh, I was like, I need to find another therapist. So I started doing EMDR. And what EMDR is, is they, this guy who was like some kind of Hispanic, he was like, his name was like Pablo or something. And I did this all on Zoom. They ask you to like bring up a traumatic memory. And then you do a series of like tapping to try to make the memory less traumatic, like in your brain to the point where like you could revisit it and it doesn't bring up the negative and traumatic emotion that it once did. And mm. there was one that was very easy to get to because it was so recent. And we did all the things, the tappings. He like asked me a what question. What is the tapping? You're tapping on your body? It's like, yeah. like Okay. You, and you're just going through trying to find like a spot that like resonates? No, he tells you like, well, it's a therapy. It's a, it's a, m- a memory in your brain. Yeah. And he tells you to like access it, close your eyes, like relive it, relive it. And then like do this tapping. So you're like decent. EMDR is, oh man, I don't fucking remember something like something with like eye movement and desensitization. Yeah. So he like, you know, he asked me to do this tapping. Like we revisit the memory. He goes like oh, on a scale of like one to 10, like how, and then it like, it does go down. Cause you're like really engulfing yourself in it and you're, reprogramming and rewiring your brain so like it's not so that was cool and then the next week we did it again with another memory and i was like oh i know like what we're doing like this is not going to work anymore so i stopped going to that guy i saw him like three times and then i went to someone else and it was just like not the right energy and then i saw this other woman for like a year 
And she was more of just like someone to check in with. And then I looked up the guy who I was seeing when Reggie died and he actually moved to Philly. He was in central PA. And I was like, yo, like I need a new therapist. So I see him now and he's, I like him a lot. Mm, Nice. Yeah. That's tough to. It's hard. I mean, it's, it's hard to find somebody at all, much less somebody good. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Literally someone who like matches with your insurance or your budget that you can even fit into your schedule and then someone that you like, like. So I was like, as soon as I like got along with somebody on the phone, I was like, I'll snatch you up. Do you like your therapist? I like her. Yeah, I do. I get along with her. Like, she's just like really nice. She's like very, just like sweet and nice. And um, yeah, sometimes I wish she like had a little bit more like advice or like whatever, but I do like the way, yeah, the little connections she makes and the things she says. So I like her. My therapist was was once like, you know, there's this Greg Giraldo bit. And I was like, I love you. You're the, you're the therapist for me. That's cute. I want to know. If you people listen, tell me like what you're talking about in therapy. Don't be too specific. It's obviously private, but I want to know like what people think therapy is for. I mean, I definitely vent if something like I've told her before that like if something goes down and like, I don't know, I have a fight or like something, I think in my head, I'm like, I'm going to tell this to my therapist, but it's also like getting it out. And I'm like, okay, because I in those situations, say I have a fight with somebody and I'm like I also want to hear from you if you think like I'm being unreasonable like I'm open to hearing that from my therapist so that's half the reason I want to bring it up it's like am I being unreasonable or am I not the crazy one and the other person's being crazy so you know it's half venting but also half like wanting an outsider's perspective on situations I think I learned something from this conversation about me no about me I think I'm like a a therapy veteran and I should not judge people for their therapy experience because it's like because nobody knows what they're doing. And like the way I talk to my therapist, like we have really established like I have like graphics I've made and sent to this guy like that's crazy about like like parts of my life and like how how they interact with each other. Like it's I just think it's different and he loves it. Which makes oh, me. Oh, I think. bet that's I bet that's really fun for him because he's like, oh, this guy's like putting it together, yeah. like yeah, that's awesome. That's kind of what clicked in my head. He's like, oh, this is the one's fucking easy. Like, he's got yeah. it. <laughs> I uh, I told him like I needed to come up with like some like motivation mantras to like keep myself motivated for like mental and physical health. And I told him one, and he goes, "Wait, you came up with that?" And I'm like, "Yeah." He goes, "Oh, oh, wow." So maybe I don't need it. Maybe I don't need it. Write that down. In your diary of nice things that people say to you that you keep now, right? I pay him. He has to be nice to me. Oh, true. But I think little things like that. No, I like him. No, I like I said something one time and she was like, I really like how you just said that. And I was like, okay, like, do you want to be best friends now? Like, (laughs) you're one of these days, you're going to have to share all the nice things people have said about you. Yeah. Um, (laughs) <laughs> do you write down the bad things people say about you? I think that's what I'll do. No, 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 no. I remember them in my head, but Ooh. I don't write them down. But the nice things I write down. Um, you suck. <laughs> Writing that one down. BRB. <laughs> Speaking of negative comments and negative people, mm-hmm. name name a woman. Me. Name Me. the woman. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit. What a great what a great transition. I'm not going to say her name. The worst one. Okay. The she worst who, one. We all know she who must not be named. The 2023 time person of the year. Beep, beep. Ooh, hoo, hoo. 
Beep, beep. All right, can I start with a compliment, maybe? Like yeah, my sure. voice, my voice cracked, like physically. <laughs> Your like body's I, rejecting this. It's like no, you can't. <laughs> <laughs> uh, good songwriter. I'll give her that. The I think end. she gets too much credit for. People are like best songwriter of our generation. Wouldn't go know. that far. <laughs> You're right. Good. You can't say she's not good. Obviously, there's talent. Like talented songwriter. Yeah, I watched that Miss Americana doc. AKA it should be called should be called like the queen of white privilege, but um, you don't need to. She's very talented songwriter. Like I'll give her that. I I don't think she's a top hundred best singers of all time. I think she should write for other people. Good at singing. Um, I mean, Ed Sheeran's a better songwriter. John Mayer is a better songwriter. Uh, Vampire Weekend. Definitely. That was what I was going to say next. Of course. (laughs) I won't say Justin's a better songwriter because I don't think he writes a lot of his own songs. Fair enough. Um, Good to be honest. I mean, and then like the old heads, like Paul Paul McCartney, fucking obviously, your boy P P Symes. P Symes, yeah. How can you listen to a couple of P Symes songs and be like, sorry, is better than this? All right. So like, so you you say to me, we need to talk about her. Finally, get it all out there. And you say, you should read this Time Magazine article. I read it. And I'm like, Ugh, okay, it'll be good for the podcast. I read like the first three paragraphs. I texted you. This is what this is about. Uh, like, I'm so discouraged. And you're like, read it. You suck. And I was like, writing that down. And then I tried to read it again. And I was like, I can't. Like, my, I just can't pay attention to this person. There's, there's definitely an air of like, this person is like flying high right now. And it's depressing for me to read about it because because I hate her so deeply. Um, <laughs> but no, just yeah, go ahead. Um, yeah, and I I mean I wanted you to read it because it's really the interview is pretty annoying and it's very. I mean, there's definitely a sense of like I think she's being cheeky when she talks about herself. There's an element of cheekiness, like she she's obviously playing into like having an ego and like saying little things. Like she literally says at one point in the interview like oh yeah you can say this or that or dissect the moment i'm having but let's be honest are you not entertained so there's like moments like that she also at the end says that she um with the re-recording of her albums she says that she's collecting horcruxes and infinity stones so she's definitely like either absolutely 100% high on her own supply or like being cheeky with it like JK. wait LOL. isn't that like avengers like the yeah what's i don't name? know the infinity stones i don't even know what it means what's horcrux like, that's harry potter you never read harry potter we've gone over this i forget i black out anytime anybody says something like that because it's crazy no uh, i don't know well i think infinity stones are thanos from avengers which also i don't watch those but i <laughs> think i know the reference what is a horcrux? I mean, horcrux what could you when collect? Voldemort, Voldemort um, Lo- love that we're it. love that we're super comfortable saying his name, but won't say hers. Go ahead. <laughs> he, <must not> <laughs> he, he like was so bad. He was like Harry Potter Hitler, basically. <laughs> the Death Eaters were Nazis. <laughs> um, and the Deathly anyway. Hallows. <laughs> so the Horcrux was Voldemort made himself more difficult to kill by splitting his soul into seven pieces. And each Horcrux was a physical item. One was like a necklace. One 
was a wand and like seven other things that had a piece of his soul. So you had to destroy each item before you could kill Voldemort. I see. So what she's saying is she's kind of like increasing her carbon footprint to make it more. Diff- <laughs> no, not as like a joke about her jet and stuff like just increasing her exposure and her like existence. So it's uh-huh. more difficult to like rid yourself of her. She's attacking me. Uh, that's what it this. means. Okay. I think she's just saying, I don't know that. I don't know what it means in regards to her re-recording. I've like heard. A- I've heard that one of these, uh, first of all, she's re-releasing all her albums on vinyl uh, in like 48 different colors. All because, which I didn't realize this till I read this, this full, you know, expose on what is really going on with her. So the two, because she talks about the two worst things that ever happened in her life. The two horrible things, getting canceled because of the Kim and Kanye video. Which I don't know much about. And clearly the cancellation did not sustain. I know. That's the other one. Bane to say cancellation and then number two um her so i guess what happened was she recorded all of her original albums with this like music producer big red I don't machine know the right terms and they got sold to technically scooter bronze thing that he owns insert applause <laughs> so her original albums belong to him and that like made her mad for some reason so yeah. that's why she's recording it it's like why why are you mad about why aren't you mad about like like childhood poverty or childhood cancer (laughs) are you mad about your goddamn fucking millions of dollar albums that you've already made billions of dollars on what's wrong with you you don't write a song called me with the chorus you'll never find another like me and then like make it about gay people was that that video oh oh that was you need to calm down yeah yeah which she does um it does. She she's a she's a really like Trump level narcissist. And and I don't That's like what I've seen other people actually you're not 100%. the only one who compared her to Trump. The yeah, the level of narcissism, the level of if somebody says something against me, Thin I skin. need to Yep, I need to personally like go after them mm-hmm. with all of my supporters, like mm-hmm. I send them all to you. Yeah, that energy. So where to begin? Um, I've heard <laughs> I've heard the vinyls. One of them she's selling that you could if you collect all twelve. You know how much twelve vinyls is? I actually don't. How much is one vinyl? Like thirty dollars? Thirty five probably. Hers are probably fifty. So twelve vinyls right. is going to set you back math. Five hundred. Yeah. Six hundred dollars. Yeah. So yeah, she doesn't have to worry about poverty. She's a greed monster. She has she like takes her jet everywhere. So anybody who's a fan of the environment, like you're against your own self-interest if you support her. But let me speak to this by way of my believerism, because that's who I am on the inside. When young Justin Drew Bieber splashed onto the scene at the ripe old age of 14, let's say, let's say 15. I think he started touring when he was 15. He was opening for her like they were cool was still she was still a like country music person and I actually liked her like I liked teardrops on my guitar like those are good songs and yeah, just, before she became a personality cult it, it yes. was okay it was manageable and Justin and her kind of like lived in the same fandom of people but like separately I think so she was probably like 17 or 18 well, she's my age so 2010 she would have been 21. 
So he was opening for her. They were cool. A whole famous incident about he like broke his leg on stage opening for her and like continued to perform whatever. <laughs> they kind of stayed simpatico. He started growing up. I want to say once he's like 16 or 17, he hosts an episode of Punked where he punks her. Justin invites her over and they like set off fireworks and they accidentally like hit a boat that's having a wedding. And it's really funny looking back on it because you know how much she cares about her like name and image. And for that to happen, you could see her like die. Like, oh, my mm-hmm. God, me. All I'm thinking about is me, how this affects me, not the fucking people on the boat who are having a wedding that got hit by a firework. Anyway, that mm-hmm. part aside. So Justin goes into like his fuck boy phase in like 2014 where he's like with Selena or he's not or he's with like Cara Delevingne or Barbara. Pa- yeah, like, he's going all sorts nobody of knew. back and forth. Yeah. Nobody knew. And he puts out an album called Journals, which is really good. It was never like it was kind of like a secret album. It was released digitally, but I have it on vinyl. And there's a song on there called All Bad, and it's about her. And it's because he was going through all this like Selena stuff, and the two of them were really close, Selena and and she was basically saying he's bad don't date him like we're friends like he sucks i don't know she probably just judged him based on i don't know you pee in a bucket you throw eggs at a house you he was he was being a bad boy judged him on his actions is what you yeah that's so mean to do but yeah okay all right right you're on her side (laughs) i'm just yeah completely siding with her so he put out this song no one ever heard it This is the point where I would like you to go into the Kim Kanye stuff, because I think this is in the timeline of like 2014, 2015, where like famous is probably out or coming out. So that had come out. Yeah, that came out like 2015. um, And I think when it came out, I want to know like exactly because the timeline is pretty specific. I know there's video of a phone call where Kanye says, like, I have this line about you. Did she put his like? He put her like body. I know he had like Bill Cosby in a bed and shit. Yeah, the video was weird. I will acknowledge the video was fucked up. I wish I didn't realize the music video showed it was like Kim and Kanye in bed and then next to Kanye and like, yeah, like Donald Trump, Bill Cosby, a couple other like random. All the goats. Yeah. (laughs) And this is obviously after, you know, there is there is something that we can point to that I think was she didn't put this on the top worst things. The I'm gonna let you finish. That wasn't on there. That made her. So let me let me give the full explanation. Okay, I'm gonna let you finish. Well, wait. Yeah, this yeah. Yes. That's what this all began. 2009 wins the award. Kanye Stop interrupts. Stop saying her. her name. Oh my god, I'm sorry. We're all just right, gonna. We'll, have we'll get it. Kanye interrupts her, which is a rude thing to do. He was again. The timeline says that. So he originally apologizes. Like, it's still kind of criticizing him in interviews. Then Kanye, a couple years later, takes back apologies, said he only apologized under pressure. He does not regret doing it. He said I he mean, didn't act selfishly because it was I, about Beyonce. Can I say, Beyonce can I say not the right thing, just like Kanye did, but um, go ahead. But I am going to let you finish. Um, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> he don't I don't love the way he did it. I know he was like z- zonked out on Hennessy, but oh, she. Her video is better. I, I know that that was for single ladies, which is an iconic music video. I could she not. Did win t- music of the year. She won out um, video of the year 
only one female video of the year. So, so Beyonce goes on to win video overall of the year, and that's when she invites back up to complete her speech, which got interrupted by Kanye. But how do you win video of the year and not female video of the year? How is your video not good enough to be the best female video, but it's the best overall video? Because I think they're choosing to honor somebody else for the, they're choosing to honor two videos instead of one. Makes no sense. Okay. Just and racist. They did. Beyonce did still get honored for her video. Because if so they really it. liked her video, they would have put a ring on it. Go ahead. <laughs> okay. All right. So, okay. So that happens. 2009, there's a little, there's interviews where Kanye apologizes, takes it back, yada, yada. Then there's. Oh, that was 09. So this is before. Yes. There's okay. years. This is years long. There's even like an Instagram post in like 2015 of. Um, is it Bieber and Kanye? Kanye sent flowers and it said oh kanye sent me the coolest flowers hashtag con 2020 as in they're gonna run for president together hashtag bffs that's an actual instagram post that made in what a psycho and he did run <laughs> well kanye's the one who sent her they're both psychos like let's be clear they both are like not good they both hate jewish people so oh did not know in their that. own unique ways and their own special ways so anyway so, okay, so this is still background. So that's happening. And then 2016, the famous song comes out with the famous lyrics. I feel like me and might still have sex. Why? I made that bitch famous. Okay. Thanks. Kanye immediately claims, like, as he's releasing the song, he's like, I talked to called her for like an hour on the phone where I told her about the lyrics and she thought it was funny and gave me her blessings. Camp immediately denies this statement, claiming that... Kanye had not told her about the lyrics. Lies. She, yep. Told her to cross promote it and that she cautioned him about releasing a song with such a strong misogynistic message. So that's what she immediately says when the song comes out. Says Question. that Kanye did not tell me about this. Question. Okay, yeah. So this is 2016. This is early 2016. February. Interesting. Because do the Donald Trump like momentum has a role here because she started to get political. I think in like 2018, she like hedged her hitched her wagon on some senator race in Nashville because that's her home, not Philadelphia for people very, who think it is. Very weakly political. I mean, that's another thing to, to, comp to criticize her about. She's got the weakest political stance of like anyone. I get yeah. it. I get when you're that famous, it's hard. And I honestly. Not if you're Miss Feminist. True. Sorry. <laughs> Only to support herself, though. Don't even don't even understand. Okay. Um. But yeah, she supported a senator whose name escapes me. Senator, I think, from Tennessee who lost. But I could see like how the comment about misogyny would like like be a puzzle piece in her new era identity of like being a feminist hero. She becomes a feminist as soon as it like suits her to criticize someone for criticizing her. That's when she's a feminist is when someone criticizes her, not for anything else ever like the repeal of roe v wade she didn't say shit about that even though she's a feminist what the fuck and if you hate billionaires and say all billionaires must die guess what she is guess what she is we don't want them to die we just want to eat them Eat away. Eat You'll probably need seconds. She's not a lot of people. She goes on to refer to the song in a Grammy speech a couple months later, says that oh, yeah, to all does. the young women out there, there are going to be people along the way who try to undercut your success or take Black credit people. for your accomplishments. 
blah, 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 blah. So she's talking about it, talking about it. And then, let's see, in June of the year, Kim Kardashian is interviewed by a magazine. And she talks about the whole issue. And she says about she totally approved that. She wanted to all of a sudden act like she didn't. I swear my husband gets so much shit for things when really he was doing proper protocol and even called to get it approved. And then she goes on to say that she has it recorded. And she says that she got sent an attorney's letter that said, do you know, don't, don't you dare do anything with that footage and asking them to destroy it. Okay, then the music video comes out, which does suck. It has like naked celebrities yeah. and shows like naked in bed. Like, the it's song's crazy. bad too, yeah. The song, you know, all of it. It's Yeah, whatever. But it's also, it's just like, shut the fuck up, like, get the fuck over it. Like, be mad maybe that one time, like, back in 2016, but it's 2024 now. Okay, then yeah. Lena one, Dunham One might comes say, out. shake it off. <laughs> Lena Dunham comes out and criticizes the music video, which I think she makes a good point. What happened to her? She used to be, like, a champion, and now... You see all over the place. What'd she do? Then, in July, Kim yeah. releases a video that shows um kanye talking to it shows agreeing to the use of her name on the song throws around the word spent and friends a lot she references she literally says something like people are going to interview me on the carpet and like ask for my opinion it's going to be so funny when i say like that i was in on it bitch has never missed an award show has never missed an award show here's here's some words you'll never hear could not be here tonight I'm going to bleep that, but you know what I mean? So so then her whole thing is after the video comes out, she says that her whole issue is that she was never told about bitch in the song. I was never told oh. about that. I made that bitch famous. I was only told about the first line that I think me and should still have sex. And she which released is, which, that. Which scene. is way worse. <laughs> I know. And it's like, yeah, who cares? Like, who, why are you so sensitive? Do you? Again, do you think that he really did make you famous? Because if you're so confident in your own fame and your own abilities, why would you even care that some random fucker says he made you famous? I mean, fucking not. He's not random. He's Kanye West. Sure. But 2020 presidential candidate. Yeah. So that's her whole thing for the birthday party. (laughs) (laughs) Birthday party. That was the name of his party. You didn't know that? He was like Democrat Party, Republican Party. He ran as the birthday party. That was the name of his party. I'm serious. I didn't know that. We must not forget these historic details. Yeah, we must not. So that's the whole thing. She claims that the video was like um, edited and like left out certain parts. And then she she's talking about it again in this interview on Time Magazine saying that that's the worst okay. moment of her life. And that's. That's just why it's coming up again, because she brought it up again, directly talked about like Kim and the smear campaign campaign and how she got canceled. And it was the darkest moment of her life. And I'm just like, what a blessed life you've lived. Really. So so if I may take it from here with the scooter thing and just fully aware that us dedicating half our podcast to her is falling right into her plan. But we need to get it out of the way. I know. At the end of the day, we're the haters who are bitching. She's the one laughing. Um her money away and the reason for those of you who asked the reason i bleep her name and i won't type it is because i don't want to see shit from the algorithm the algorithm thinks if you say something or type something you like that thing it feeds you more of it and i don't like this person but sometimes i have to talk about her so here's what happened with the scooter thing and before i tell you that i have to explain how music contracts work when 
a artist, an artist signs a new music contract. They get a lot of money up front. Um, if the record label like believes in you and you benefit off that more, if you suck, if you are Asher Roth, who has one song that people know, and then fell off the face of the earth, you get say $3 million in your first contract. You're contracted to probably do three to five albums, tours, all the shit. And you get a lot of money up front. It's great. Like I said, the artist gets more benefit if they're bad, if it doesn't work, because you still get the money. If you do really well, like her, you make money off touring. You make money off merch. You make money off all this other shit because you're a huge brand and a huge name and you're going to get your money. Mm -hmm. The biggest payoff that the record companies get is that they control your masters, which means if you're Asher Roth and you put out I Love College that a record label paid $3 million for the master of, they can give it to Target who could run their back to school campaign with I Love College and they make money off the licensing. That's how all this works. So she got what probably doesn't seem like a lot of money now for her first contract with Big Red Machine or Big Red Machine or Big Mach whatever. So they did, I think, her first like six or seven albums. I think Lover was the first one that wasn't with them. I think she either went to Universal or she has her own thing. I don't know. So when she left, obviously, that's a huge star to lose. And forget the name of the guy who was like running it, but he was like, they had like Zach Brown Band. Um, a couple other but like it wasn't super successful so scooter braun bought it scooter braun who runs i think it's called sb projects or like schoolboy records or something he put it into a i don't know how this shit works like some like financial backing with a company called ithaca holdings so like it all went there scooter like owned everything mm -hmm. she already hated him and I think it's because of the Bieber stuff. Mm -hmm. There's other stuff that I'm not super aware of, but her and Justin obviously don't get along. Uh, I told you about like there was an Instagram post probably after the famous thing that Justin was FaceTiming Kanye and put a screenshot on and wrote like hi or something. So she puts out this whole Tumblr post about what happened. Remember Tumblr mm -hmm. and like totally shits on Sc Scooter and says like men are the problem it's men versus women and i get all the business stuff not that she's gonna cry poor she did make 15 million dollars in the deal she doesn't talk about that but she did that's true that can be proven the thing i had a problem with when all this happened was and to this day i still see it scooter has three kids and a wife now they're now divorced but he still has three kids at the time her fans were calling his house and wishing death on them sending death threats mm -hmm. to his family to this day, Scooter covers his kids' faces on social media. Mm -hmm. You can say that's just for regular security. I think it has a lot to do with that. And I think that's really fucked up. And she never apologized, never said like, hey, 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 this is between never, us. Never apologizes for all the times that her ravenous fans have all like done very chaotic stuff online in her name. Never. And then all of the apologies that she demands from everyone. Yeah, she she mobilizes them so she can make more money and that's it. Listen, I'll never my whole thing I'm can never respect <laughs> sorry, Voldemort because <laughs> that show on Netflix made a joke. Ginny and Georgia. I don't even watch the show. What's that? Some dumb show about a couple teenage girls, okay? Mm -hmm. Hanging out being friends. And a, one of the lines in the show was one of the girls saying something like 
you go through men like does. Back in the time when was dating somebody new every six weeks. And she goes on her Twitter and says, wow, Jin at Netflix, super low of you guys to make such a sexist joke about me, like on this show, blah, 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 says some, I think she might've threatened to like pull her documentary from it or something like very entitled. And I was just like, I don't know. It's so Trumpian to like zone in on yeah. one single line of like some dumb show that nobody watched. You were literally like, what is that show? I don't even know. No I don't. One watches it it wasn't like stranger things like it was some dumb throwaway show some dumb throwaway cultural reference like why are you so sensitive about going through men is that bad like it's fine to have a lot of boyfriends so she's insecure about it she's a baby yeah you ever see people you ever see people tweet like what's the biggest scam of our generation and people will be like uh taxes (laughs) call insurance college yeah um i think it's the person who never figured out who she was, had a different look, appearance, mindset, identity for every single album, never settled into who she was or found her identity and called it eras. Mm -hmm. That's what the fuck I think. Which brings me to Olivia Rodrigo. Do you know about this? Oh, the whole, because she got sued for um, copyright infringement of some songs, I think, right? Is that what it is? So you'll remember... Billie Eilish blast onto the scene. Her favorite pop star. Do you know who this is? Justin Bieber in love had like vines where she's like, can't breathe because of Justin Bieber. Mm -hmm. This is all relevant. I promise at some point, like Billie got big enough to where she did Coachella. And this was like before Bieber came back and they like met, this is in Billie's documentary, which is on Apple TV, which is pretty good. And Justin like, swore to be like a a mentor for her like be by her side give her advice help her like through the industry because he got like fucked around when he was little like you've probably heard lonely like he was not in great shape when he was first coming through the industry and he's very emotional when he talks about like i want to protect her and then he did the same thing with the kid Leroy. you know he's collaborated with i mean justin does this he's doing it with sean mendes like he wants to help people not be burned by this industry. So Olivia Rodrigo pops onto the scene, huge fan, um, samples like one or two of her songs in her debut album. Instead of saying like, this is so cool, I'm so proud of your success, like I'm here for you, let me know if there's anything I could do to help. Says, oh, like, hey girly, like so cool, like we should, you know, we should have a thing. But also like, if you're going to use my music on your album, you need to put me as a writer and I need to collect royalties. And Olivia mm-hmm. Rodrigo was like, oh, um, yeah, 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 cool. Okay. And I think it like got to the point where Olivia made not great money off that music because of her. Mm-hmm. So Olivia's, Eliz- Olivia Nett has a new album out mm-hmm. and it's called Guts, all caps. And she has not publicly said this, but I think it stands for grow up. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. She like says, oh no, like we're fine. There's no drama, whatever. It's like, you have to, it's like fucking, you know, yeah. it's you like, go out there and say I have drama with this crazy woman. It's like condemning like- Hamas. Like they're going to kill you. You literally. So that poor girl. And I think that's, that's, she has, friends in the industry that like really come and go 
like and now like ice spice is her friend what 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 yeah i mean i i don't know i don't know dude i yeah so all this to say trav blink twice we will get you out of this i pray for trav i love trav big kelsey oh. guy i love trav trav and jason i listen to podcasts every week it's so conflicting that must have sucked when they started talking <sighs> about her that must well, have driven wild well he he had not dropped her name like weeks before this was even like a shred of public that like he went to the concert and like tried to give him his number i'm like come on dude like what the fuck are you doing like you like a six a six five like hall of fame athlete is gonna go for this toothbrush of a human being mm -hmm. like what are you doing and then it started like materializing and i was like oh, come on man i was so mad when it first happened i was yeah. i was a hundred percent like republicans were with colin kaepernick I was like, can I just watch football? Can I just watch football? And not I want to hear about all this other stuff. I go to football to escape. I don't need <laughs> you calling out the troops. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh -huh. Yeah, I see it. I see it. Yeah. It's and, you know, I have a couple close friends who love. <laughs> they'll defend her anytime I criticize her. And a lot of times they frame every um any criticism is actually just unhealed sexism and it's all misogynistic and you would never criticize a man for dating a bunch of girls like you do for her. So why was she I would. criticized for all of the, and it's like, yeah, like we do, we do make fun of people do it. Like Leonardo DiCaprio gets shit on. Constantly oh yeah, he does. <laughs> and he just rolls with it. Cause he's like, yeah, that's me. It's what I do. Like he's not like crying. Exactly. Um, that's what I do. That's who I am. That's what yeah, she does. That's what that I do. She has not achieved. That's, Which, it, that's I think the point like just own it you don't have to be pick like, an era good pick. person like pick. be a shitty celebrity pick one era dude pick one era yeah. if you're listening and I assume you are <laughs> pick an era well she will because she hates any criticism she's like he's into it it's gonna All ruin right. her life. <laughs> maybe she'll find it that would be yeah, amazing gonna, like ruin her life she's maybe, gonna we'll do it. maybe we'll do it again next week <laughs> But there's there's um, also a ton of criticism about like s somebody like made the breakup song for Travis, like somebody wrote it already. That's funny. There's a level of criticism that like you can't clap back at all these people. It's impossible. She's a cat lady. You know, it's yeah. funny. We had a meeting today at work and we were talking about like mental health. And my boss said something about like, it's crazy, like everything that's going on online. She goes, has anybody lost like friends over this? And I was like thinking like not really. A lot of people like, yeah, of course I lost them. And I was like, I've lost more friends because I hate <laughs> than, than the attack on Israel. It's a more controversial opinion in America. Yeah, yeah. I mean, both, uh, both, it's pretty similar. Both reveal who you really are. Um, both reveal <laughs> really your level of like intelligence and awareness. And um, look, if you like her music. I cool. think you can love, that's the thing. You can love the music. You can be a fan and it doesn't mean you're a stupid person. I'm not going to go so far as to say that. If but you perhaps if, if you spend more than two hundred dollars on a ticket to go see her, you're a stupid person. Can no, I say I that? No, because I think it's fair for people to want to go. And I do. You can't really say her shows are like not cool. They seemed cool to see. Okay. I can't really criticize people for wanting the live performance. I'd say you're an idiot if you bought like two hundred dollars of merch. Guys, if, if anybody from my fantasy football league is listening, if I ever come in last place, which will never happen because I'm fucking amazing, um, a great punish would be to send me to one of her concerts because I would 
punch myself no one, in the face if, until I as died. As if a fan would ever buy a ticket for her hard to get concerts and give it to someone who hates her like you. No offense, that's never going to happen. I could buy it. That's that's the other thing. Why why are you okay making your fans shell out all this money? That was something that my fans of hers cuz the fan, the friends that I'm talking about, they did buy tickets and they um she was telling me how she had to like wait in the queue and it was like in between the page loading to like the next page, the ticket price jumped up like $50 per ticket. And um, oh, she was wow, like, it really? Was, Face value? Yeah, it was like going up as she was checking out. Um, and she was like, that was like messed up of her, like to do that. And I'm like, yeah, I, yeah, no shit. Can I make a comparison that I will, I will correct myself at the end as to why it's not a great comparison, but. Uh, Louis C.K., who I'm a fan of, known public masturbator, before before he got like canceled, question mark, he was doing his own ticketing. So every show across the world in other countries, like tickets were $50, no matter where you sat, tickets were $50. He completely cut out Ticketmaster. He didn't want them to have access to like the emails. Uh, so he did it all through his own website. So when all this stuff was going on with like how impossible it is to get tickets for her, I started to think, why doesn't she just do this? Why doesn't she set up her own website? She clearly has the resources to do it and say, you want tickets? They're here. She could charge more than $50. I think that's fair. But like less than a thousand. Right. The only big difference between her and Louie is she has to pay like dancers, band, like all that shit that like set, like she has to pay a lot of people. Yeah. Um, Louie has Louis has to pay like his tour manager and his opener, probably it. Yeah. Yeah. The well, cost of putting it on is hugely different, but still, she still didn't need to rake in that much. She no. And Justin Bieber and Justin yeah. Bieber is overall better. And I will I will debate that. Yeah. I think it's really hard to it's like the money hungry and the the way she like called um like Scooter Braun like super guilt or greedy for like money. Yeah, I didn't know about masters. that. Oh, I thought you said that's why you didn't like her. No, I don't. I mean, I don't like her because she elicited an article that caused people to threaten Scooter Braun's children and never apologize for it. I think that's really. um, Yeah, I need to quote it exactly. This was good. Let's find it. Hold on. I feel a lot better. Yeah, we're good. We're getting it all out. (laughs) After I was denied the chance to purchase my music outright, my entire catalog was sold to Scooter Braun's Ithaca Holdings in a deal that I am told was funded by the Soros family, 23 Capital, and that Carlisle group, she said in December. Then she doubled down. Later on says, it's just another case of shameless greed in the time of coronavirus, so tasteless, but very transparent. And I don't know, just to invoke George Soros and say the greed, it's just like, can just shut up, bitch. And it also, it's just so rich. to. It's like, you're the greediest person in the world. I know. And you're someone else is greedy. It's like, but you're greedy. I guess it's so okay you to agree be- that it's bad. Or is it good or bad? I guess it's okay to be greedy after the pandemic. It's Maybe okay to be greedy as long as you're not Jewish. Shouldn't be a and, greedy Jew, though. And you're a woman. Women and not Jew. It's good to be greedy. Male Jew. Bad greedy. All right. I think we can end on Clip that. Clip it. <laughs> Clip it. <laughs> um, so, yeah. And the thing is, here's the thing. I get... I get saying that and not putting two and two together like, ooh, this maybe doesn't sound good. Like, sure, you say that on accident and maybe you say the next day, sorry, everyone. I I didn't know how that was going to cross. But there was never any, any sorry. And for her to be DMing Netflix over a one line joke in a line and she tweets out to her the Netflix thing. Yeah. Was it like recently? 
I'd say 2017-ish. Hey there, James again. The You Are Special podcast AI assistant. The actual Netflix criticism on Twitter from Bleep Bleep was on March 1st, 2021. So not only did her angsty emptiness emerge onto social media on sweet Justin Bieber's birthday, but it happened when she was a full-grown 31-year-old person. Now back to the podcast. I sure am enjoying this one. Yeah, pretty recent enough. And um, yeah, I just, the, the way that she demands, um, I don't know, I hate I hate that trait the most. Just people who just aren't consistent, like rules for thee, not for me. I'm going to demand apologies mm. from everyone. And then I'm just going to fucking say this not good anti-Semitic bullshit and never even ever acknowledge it. Never say, maybe I should have worded that differently. You can't even say that. Fuck right. you. Like we talked, we talked before, I think I cut it, but I talked about how like, the yay women the champion for women kellyanne conway run the most successful campaign in presidential history for a woman no not her not that mm -hmm. one right well let's 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 just bring this full circle before we you think uh you think our our good old pal sees a therapist <laughs> sure not and i honestly she must I feel like she must shouldn't they shouldn't because they should channel all their emotions into their music she probably has a personal therapist that sees nobody else i guarantee it well all her friends i don't know actually rudy because i think she has a she has a personal i mean her makeup artist is probably her makeshift therapist when she gets her makeup done or her hair done she you know what i, mean? I think she has a lot of people well, that serve the role of therapy but not an actual therapist so maybe this is a good question because i i actually like i think more as as this concerns travis i try to look at her as like she's the same age as me she's a woman i know a lot of women the same age as me i just try to look at her as a regular person with a very different very more public life i think she would have a therapist you know what's a great horror movie is like her life but she's split personality with all her eras and she like can't figure out who she is and then mm -hmm. one and then the eras start to like go like murder people i think she would sign off on that and then it ends with her killing Travis at the Super Bowl. <gasps> I mean, she already calls herself a, like, you know, the whole anti-hero song is already doing, you know, making that reference. And she says there's a part there, like, her daughter-in-law thinks she wrote her into the will, but then she's like, they read the will and, and is laughing up at them from hell. That's literally one of the lines in this, because she didn't write them into the will. So that's her literally saying, I'm a greedy bitch who's going to go to hell over it. Again, I... I can't like deny that her music is catchy. I there are songs that I like listening to every now and then, and I'm I can't deny that. But it's everything else about her that's annoying. <laughs> <laughs> I have a list of my top fifty pops songs of my lifetime, and I knew your trouble is on the list. So look, I real recognize real. Like I'll give her that, even though that whole that's album was produced by Max Martin, who's like a cheat code. But uh, mm -hmm. any any questions? Uh, any more? Uh, I think we I think we need to reiterate that she's a billionaire. So if you hate billionaires, can't like her. Um, and also, yeah. it's cool for us to shit on this billionaire. Like it's good. We we shit on Jeff Bezos. We shit on Elon oh, no. Musk. We shit on. Oh, absolutely not. All... <laughs> I love those guys. We, we say have... why is Bill Gates buying all this farmland, but we don't question why is. Stop it! I have all this. <laughs> I'll have all this Amazon stuff coming from my Tesla and I'm getting emails from oh. Outlook about it. So don't stop it. <laughs> those men run my life. But that fucking Jew, Mark Zuckerberg, he better. <laughs> that fucking Jew. Is he Jewish even? Mark Zuckerberg? I don't know. I feel like he is. He's not. Elon oh, isn't. He does not give Bill Jewish vibes. Let me put that as a self-professed Jew Judar radar girl. 
not getting it from Zuck. Why not? Because he, this is him. That's not like Jewish to me. What would be? <laughs> making a web, making a website where you could learn all about your family members without having to talk to them. It's pretty Jewish. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> That's true. But everything else about him is that guy. It's pretty weird. So maybe he is Jewish. Weird all right. Ones. So uh, I'm I'm Team Bieber till death. And uh, that's the most important thing is if you're trying to say one or the other, it's Justin Bieber. He should have got the halftime show. I'm still mad about that. And um, I, I think he wins. If it's a competition, I think he's winning. Maybe not financially. Let me let me let me okay. say my point. Maybe not financially. Maybe not in terms of fame, but or popularity or popularity. That's fine. But uh, in terms of happiness and successful of- relationships. Okay. Uh, and I think, you know, at the end of the day, we can't take it with us. And I think that's what Justin wants. That's what I want. And um, let's yeah. talk about also me and you are both fans of the Good Place show, right? Yeah, yeah, sure. And if we're going to talk about who's stacking up those points for their good deeds or bad, like is is doing any good deeds for humanity? Like. What I would does she do? God, I would hope you know? so. Because you talk about Justin Bieber, sure, it's just like other celebrities, but the fact that he's like taking them under his wing, like young people, mm. because he knows that the youth get taken advantage of, like that is doing some sort of good to something that he knows. It's his world, world. that he knows. It's like, what is she helping in the world? It's like, I mean, ugh. Justin's very religious. I wouldn't be surprised if he puts out a Christian rock album soon. Yikes. Ooh, that's going to be tough for you. Oh, no, it's... Have you ever listened good. to Have you ever listened to Hillsong? Bro, oh, Hillsong's God. good as shit. All I think of when I think of Christian rock is like Carly used to have this joke ringtone on her phone that was like, I am a C, I am a C H, I am a C H R I S T I A N, and I have C H R I S T M A H E A R T, and I will be L I E V E, something, something. So that's what you want to hear Justin Bieber sing. No, there's. On my last podcast, one of my friends asked me, what is a, a genre of music you listen to that people would be surprised of? And I answered before he could finish the question. There's a band called Hillsong Young and Free. They're an Australian like church. They're very pop. Have you ever like seen the singing videos where the kids sing like... christian rock that and i don't like it it's that i think they're good i don't look i, I don't think justin's gonna do that but he likes that you're kid. right he might he he's v- he's very very jesusy um Ugh. but he's also turn you off at all no no oh, okay why not because i'm not a fucking judgy asshole whatever makes you a good Ooh. person okay fair enough i shouldn't be so judgy whatever makes you a good person and stops you from putting hate or violence into the world and i guess justin doesn't he i don't know he's not overly pushy with it sometimes he he seems to really do it in a sense of like this is what i need for my health like it's not necessarily about pushing it on others yes but if i got that vibe i would hate it right he also i mean i I would hope has like some kind of charitable aspect to all the billions she's making i know justin like when he started 
touring like every a dollar from every ticket went to pencils of promise which is a chapter run by adam braun scooter braun's brother that helps build schools in like impoverished communities in i think africa or wherever wherever gaza yeah. and also he fathered courtney kardashian's kid all right see you next week confirm fact <laughs> clip it <laughs> <laughs> you like when i use that joke now Thank you.